Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blenderhead, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's uh, it's Wednesday, Wednesday, June eighth. On the, what's on the docket today? We got we had a big uh, MLB slate yesterday. Uh, we may talk about that a little. Uh, doesn't look like results DB is. Updated yet this morning, the the the, the gerbils that update results TB in the morning. Uh, I haven't woken up yet, so I don't know if we can really take a look at that. We'll maybe build some lineups for tonight's slate, go through some some tools and stuff on Roto Grinders, answer your questions like I always do. So if you got anything, got anything going on in the chat? I see Doug Montgomery here, Suki Singh, Matt Mears, Trey. Hit that thumbs up on you know, I you know I like that. Hit the thummy thumbs. Got anything you want to talk about? Just put it in the YouTube chat. Or it'll be a very short show. It'll be a short show today, right? Because look, no, no results DP, nothing, nothing. I played on FanDuel yesterday, so it's like it's not like it matters. Like to me, like I didn't have to play two pitchers. Did people play cheap pitchers yesterday? What Jeffrey Springs was cheap on DraftKings. It was cheap on DraftKings yesterday. I didn't really play many cheap pitchers on FanDuel. Played Rodon. That didn't work out all that well. He only pitched five, four innings. I played a bunch of Rodon, Kyle Wright, uh, Verlander. I mixed it. I I I, I just shotgun approach. Just uh, by Darvish, I played a bunch of a lot of people, like twenty percent of like a couple of people, and then just build a ton of stacks. I had some all I had some Orioles stacks, not paired with exactly the right beat. Like I, I think my best lineup was Verlander plus uh, four man Orioles plus three man Rays and Acuna as a one off. That was my the closest lineup i had and the three the three man raise i had taylor walls who was like one percent down at 25 points but then like like just two people g-man joy or something something that didn't really work out that was fanduel fanduel's probably the, the payout structure let me take a look for let me let, let, i'll look at my phone today because they it was a it was like a thousand to tenth place and they typically don't do don't they don't do those types of contests let me let me see if it's a it's a, it's a trend let's look at tonight's slate Right, 705. Let's look at the tournaments. 20k to first, five dollars. And let's like a take a look at that that price structure. Oh no, it's horrible. It's horrible again. It's horrible again. 20k to first, 7,500 to second, fifth is a thousand, eighth is three hundred bucks. Eighth through tenth. Eighth, ninth, and tenth is three hundred bucks. Okay, so they didn't keep it going, right? The one yesterday was fine. Yeah, if they did the one like they do yesterday, that, that would have been fine. Right, then you go on to DraftKings. I'm just checking on my phone. DraftKings are probably better than better than that. Probably a 10 game slate, which may end up turning into a seven or eight game slate. And uh, yeah, 50k to first for the 15 dollar contest. 50k to first, 20k to second, ninth and tenth place is 500 bucks. So it's not it's not all that. It's not much better. Not much better. I like FanDuel yesterday. So, you know, I, I lost money, but not not as much as I could have lost, right? If the payout structure is a little bit different. Tony A said Thompson. Thompson was, he bombed. Was Keegan Thompson popular on DraftKings yesterday? I don't think so. I mean, I was looking through projections. I don't think Keegan really. I mean, what, 5% don't? How, how long could Keegan of Thompson been on DraftKings yesterday? I don't know. I can't say. Let's reload it. Maybe some. Maybe the gerbils have updated. No, the gerbils have not updated. 
There were a bunch of cheap pitchers. I thought more people were going to play Jeffrey Springs, if anything. He didn't do that badly, right? I don't think so. Okay. So if you got, if you got any questions, you got anything you want to talk about, anything, anything at all, put it in the YouTube chat. So I'm just going to go through and I'm just like, what's going on today, right? Even though, do I start building lineups at 11.04 in the morning? No, I don't. We have no idea what the hell's going on. The weather, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland, even Atlanta. Like we, may, we may get some postponements beforehand. Right? This is the initial forecast by Roth. Right? We have the Arizona-Cincinnati game, Baltimore game. Ugh, ugh. Texas at Cleveland. Okay, well, you're not going to know this until later. So would you, would you act, act as if there's no weather. Act as if there's no weather. So according to our to our uh, initial projections, bad X, I have the bad X projections loaded up, and ownership projections that I don't know how much they're going to mean, and especially the ownership projections if we, these weather games start getting you know postponed or whatever. So whatever, take it with a grain of salt. So it looks like Nola. Is Cortez going to be more owned? Because he actually doesn't project as well for 10.3K. Ian Anderson is 6,400. That's against Oakland. That seems pretty good, right? Manaya against the Mets. Nola against the Brewers. Yavaldi against the Angels, who seems to be in free fall. Right, we take a look at the team totals, right? We got Atlanta over five, Yankees over five. The Giants over five. Who's pitching for Colorado? That the, the Giants have a five-run total in, in San Francisco. Who's pitching for them? Colorado. Oh, Senzatella. Okay. And then at the Oakland's pitching Jared Koenig, who I have no idea who that is. But let's take a look at some lineups, okay? So just, just to get a sense. Get a little bit of diversification just so we get a bunch of different things. Let's build 100 lineups. You know, 49K minimum, you know, just whatever. Let's go to style. Let's, let's build some 5-3 lineups and let's see what, 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 let's see what comes up. And that's all I'm doing to begin with. Begin with. What comes up? I'm going to put in there. Here we got 100%, 5-3. Got all the projections and this will take a minute or two. Are we going to be playing these lineups? No. Just want to see what comes up. We just base it based on the bat X projections. What five, three lineups on DraftKings project the highest as a combination? And what stacks do they contain? And what are, the, what are their ownerships? Based on our current ownership projections. And like I said, like the ownership in the beginning of the day is not going to be the most accurate. Right? I, for some odd reason, I don't think Nestor Cortez on DraftKings at 10.3K is going to necessarily be 38% on. I could see I could see pitching looking at the slate being quite spread. Well, at least spread between, you know, maybe five, five options or something like that. Right. You have Ian Anderson, Manaya, Nola, Yavaldi, Chris Bassett, double digit Cortez. Right, I can see, I could see, I could see more, I can see more people playing Nola or Manaya than necessarily Nestor Cortez. Yeah, I could see that. And then as a cheap pitcher, people play Ian Anderson. 
That that makes so, so much more sense. So then, then Cortez is having 36% ownership. Because I'm not sure how many lineups you could build Cortez plus Nola. Right, have a 10.3K pitcher plus a 9.4K pitcher. Let's see, we're up to 65 lineups built. I got to load another browser and just, uh, you know, run, run the optimal. I can't run the optimal while uh, this, is, this is building up here. We take a look at hitters. Ownership-wise, what, Ian Happ? Is he going to be the most honed? I, I don't think so. Schwarber is uh, 4200 His price is coming down. Okay, looks like uh, the Cubs are going to be popular. At least two of them. What happened to Contreras? That's kind of weird. The Cubs going to be popular? I don't know. What's the Cubs starting lineup look like? Where, where are the Cubs? Morel, 4,300. Contreras, 4,800. I guess Hap, Schwindel is cheap. Ortega is cheap. I guess you could make Cubs stacks. I mean, assuming that game plays. I guess a 3,700. That's not bad for Hap. Catcher's week, you play Wilson Contreras at 4,800. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Okay, we got some lineups here. Got a, oh, it looks like we got a lot of Phillies. We got a ton of yeah, the Phillies. Prices are coming down on the Phillies. Is that a, is that a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? A lot of people play, a lot of people in a Discord played Phillies yesterday, and that didn't work out. Okay, and we're getting a ton of half also. Okay, so it looks like Cubs Phillies. That's what it kind of looks like. Cubs, Phillies, a lot of Cubs, Phillies. Yeah, mostly Cubs, Phillies. Go to the stack summary. We can see here right here. All right, five-man stacks, 40 Phillies, 14 Cubs. Look at the combos. Yeah, a lot of, oh, even Phillies, Oakland, Phillies, A's. What do these A's lineups look like? Let's see. Where are the Oakland? Where were they playing? Where, where's Oakland? Where's Oakland? Oh, okay. Oh, against Ian Anderson, which may not be that bad. If if Ian Anderson is going to be like that cheap SP2 on DraftKings that gets 20, 30, 40% on, whatever. I mean, that, that's a pretty good leverage play to play the, the Oakland stack in Atlanta ballpark upgrade. Problem is this game may not even play, right? You take a look at the, the rain risk. Who knows? Yeah, but yeah, but look at these prices. These look like FanDuel prices in the DraftKings. 2,500, 3,000, 3,900. Yeah, Loriano is the most expensive batter on the team, 3,900. Lowry, 29. Pinder, 27. Seth Brown, 33. Yeah, I, I, I could see. I could see how you could get a bunch. All right, so we see here, 110, 5'3", Nola Minaya. How about pitchers wide? Yeah, we're getting a lot of Nola Minaya. Nola Minaya. Nola Minaya. Getting some Nestor Cortez, Anderson, Ivaldi, Denton, and a whole bunch of whatevers. Let me look here. Yeah, a lot of Cubs Phillies, Cubs Phillies, Cubs Phillies, Dodgers. Dodgers with Eddie Alvarez, right, at 2,400, batting seventh. Rangers. Yeah, who knows if that game's going to play? That's why, like, a lot of this, you're going to have to, you're going to have to check the weather. And it, and once, once these, once these weather games start, like, is it going to be more likely to be postponed or less likely to be postponed? The, the ownership is going to just change all over the place. Because even if the game doesn't get postponed, so understand that when you have the 
you have to adjust for that as well. Like for instance, yesterday with uh, the the Pittsburgh game, right? Which was which was such a joke. They scratch Tariq Skubal, then they delay the game, and then he pitches it. So if you were asleep at the wheel, you were fine with playing a ton of a ton of uh, Skubal in it, right? Some some people just left it. Uh, but most people just uh, why why are you playing Terry Scooble when they say that Willie Peralta is going to be pitching? But obviously they scratched Scooble because they thought they were going to start the game then have a delay two inning two innings in. They didn't want to do that to Scooble. But being that they waited two and a half hours to play, is it okay? You could pitch again. And of course the game locked at seven o five Eastern, so you couldn't even do anything. Yeah, Trey says NBA, MLB is turning into NBA right before our eyes. Yeah, sometimes it does. Adam Duvall, scratch. What? Why you? Ju- you just put out a lineup. Who puts out lineups and then an hour later? Oh well, now nah, he's bad. Why? Well, it's baseball. How did you not know that an hour ago? At least we had we had all the lineups in before lock. I mean, even even the Angels and Joe Madden's gone. We still got that lineup. Do we have to scratch pitchers? And it's ridiculous. Okay, so let's take a look at the top 100 lineups. We're getting around 155% total ownership. 150, 153. So let's let's cut some of these down, okay? I'm not saying that I'm going to even be playing any of these lineups or anything that you should. The whole concept, just understand the concept. Once you start understanding concepts, you could do whatever, you could start doing whatever you want in whatever way that you seem fit. We have a lineup. Any lineup that is projected lower than the lineup above it should be owned lower also. Now, is ownership some the best metric to use for, like, the total ownership of a lineup? Not necessarily. Product ownership, if anything, is better than ownership sum. But as a blunt tool, ownership sum is still good. So this lineup is 110.36. This lineup is 109.84. But it's owned 5% less in total. Right? So if you're sacrificing projection, you should be also lowering your ownership. Right? If you had the choice between lineups. I'm not saying that a lineup that is lower, like we take right here. Here's a lineup 109.84. Here's a lineup 109.48. So it goes down 0.4 or so. Ownership is 150 on this. This one is 153. So between these two lineups, you'd rather play the slightly higher projected lineup that is lower owned. It doesn't mean that this lineup can't be plus EV, right? But if you had a choice between the two, you'll choose the lower owned one. Why wouldn't you? All right, so we're going to get rid of that lineup. All right, we see here 157. Lower projection, but still higher ownership. Get rid of it. Here, now we're getting 142. So as, as the projection goes down, the ownership should go down as well. So why would you be playing a lineup at 159% ownership versus 142 that's lower that's lower projected by just a little if you had a choice between both lineups? I'm not saying this, this lineup could be plus, all of these could be plus EV. You're not, you're not going to be able to play all the plus EV. You're not going to be able to play 17,000 lineups tonight. 
So I kind of want to eliminate. I want to see. I want to see where this scale is. 155, 150, 142. Here's 120. So now we want to get rid of any lineup underneath it that isn't lower than 120. So this is 157, 156, 123. Still close. So we're finding a lineup that's less than 120% owned. Doesn't mean that we're using any of these lineups. No, it doesn't mean anything. We're kind of just trying to find where, 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 the, where the scale is. At the current moment, if ownership changes, you have to do this all over again. So we're going to try to find lineups that are under 120% on, based on the top 100 lineups that we've built. 5-3 with a bunch of uniques. So I'm going through. Can we find any? Okay, here's a 119. I see a 119 down there. So we, we got it. Okay. I mean, you're sagging. I mean, you're you're only gaining one percentage point of ownership, but you're dropping about two projection points. That isn't the best in the world, but whatever. So now we're looking for under 119. And here we go. Here's 118.6. So now we want under 118.6. So we eliminate the lineups. Is 113. Here we found one. They're 113. So now we want one that's under 113. Now you could do this with 300 lineups in lineup HQ if you want. It'll take longer time. You could do this in Excel, right? You could take a whole bunch of lineups. You could make a whole bunch of 300s in, in lineup HQ, dump them in Excel, and have Excel do this. If you're, if you're a little bit more advanced in Excel. Or at least more advanced than me. 111, 143. Like I could do it in Excel manually, like by deleting it. But I saw that there's someone in, in the in the our Blender's game theory channel in Discord that does it automatically. Maybe I should have maybe I should have asked them how they did it automatically. Okay. 90. Okay, we got 90 there. We're looking for lineups that are under 90. We may not get in the top 100. I mean, I may end up deleting most of these lines. Anything under 90, let's see. Okay, we're going through, we're going through, we're almost there. Are we almost at the bottom? Are we close? Okay, we got 95, 93, close, but no, no cigar. 90.8. Okay, that is lower. That is technically, even though it's you're sacrificing one and a half points, that is lower. So 90.08. Everyone's just watching me click, click on lineups. Oh, here's an 82. Okay, we found 82.7. Let's see if we could get anything better than 82.7. Feels like I've deleted so many lineups that we should have gotten to 100 already. 82. Okay, we're, we're, we're getting close to the end. These lineups are way, way higher owned. All right, why would you play a lineup that's 129% owned when there's one that projects for two points better that's lower owned than that? And we'll eliminate 84, 82, 82.42. That's technically 79.75. 79 79.5, 79 70. Okay, that's there. There we go. We got that scale. 
Plunk Mistborn says, my wife sets macros and formulas for me in Excel to do stuff like this. I'm sure she could set one up for you and you would just click one button and it does everything automatically. Well, I don't necessarily do this in Excel, but you can do this in Excel. Build a whole bunch of lineups. I mean, the better way to do it is to build the whole thing in Excel or, or Python or something. But typically, I'm not this, this process I'm doing as a research tool, not as I'm not doing this three minutes before lock. So I don't need to have it done exactly. I'm just trying to find where the bands are, right? So you have 155 up here. If I just run this just straight ass optimal, the straight ass optimal, I, 172 is the ownership at 112. So this lineup, like right here, 155% ownership, 110 is what? Two points lower. And a little bit less less owned. This is this is more of a one twenty one single entry type of lineup, right? Not that far off from from these. Large field, I don't know. I mean, a lot of you guys, you can still play it in large field, but this this the three percent or two percent owned guy, you can still you can still do it. But we can see here that based on the hundred lineups that we built, what players make up that. Where, where where their projection is high and their ownership is low in comparison. Seems like Manaya, you're making a lot of Manaya Nola lineups. Okay, even though they are like two of the higher owned pitchers. And we have 14 lineups here. It's a lot, it's a lot of Phillies. It's a lot of Phillies. It's a, a lot of Rangers. Phillies Rangers. See, look at the Cubs. Like originally we had all those Cubs lineups right towards the top. And now we don't really anymore. We have a couple of Cubs lineups. If you look at the combos and these top 14 lineups banded by ownership, you get a lot of, it's a lot of Phillies, but Phillies A's, Phillies Cubs, Phillies Rangers, Phillies Baltimore, you know, smattering of other stuff. But much more Texas than we had before. Then was at the top. So this could lead you, like if you didn't, if you didn't want to look at like top stack percentage or any type of thing like that, you could just go by this and go based on our RG ownership. Now, if you change the ownership, you have to do this type of process again. You go, okay, based on the projections that I have, based on the player projections that I have versus the owners' projections that I have, what lineups have a total lineup ownership that is low but has a higher projection which is the, i mean that's the goal of dfs uh doug montgomery asked do you adjust for money on the table no i don't know i mean i just i mean i just put in forty nine thousand being the minimum i mean i'm building five three lineups you extend this and you're building five two ones five one one ones i mean that Obviously, you could do this all day. I'm just looking for numbers. I'm just looking for numbers. And this is especially more helpful as if you're if you're building in the smaller field stuff. If you're playing one to three entries, I don't think you have to do more than this. I look at, look through here, and you go, okay. These Phillies Texas lineups seem seem pretty good, right? As far as an ownership is concerned. So maybe I get rid of maybe I get rid of uh, the Cubs ones, or if I'm going to play three lineups, maybe I play a Cubs lineup, a 
Phillies Cubs lineup. Do we have who are the five? Okay, we have a 10 Philly stacks. So maybe you play a five-man Cubs stack. Let's take a look at what this looks like. With Hostins. Okay. Morrell, Wisdom, Horner, Hayward, Contreras. Not even with Hap. I think that's the main reason that Hap is over-owned. Hap's ownership. Like, if we take a look here, Hap is gone. Right. Oh, we have one Hap lineup. What is, what is the one Hap lineup we have? Cubs-Phillies. Yeah, okay. Figured. One, two, three. Hap, Morrell, Contreras. Hoskins, Bohm, Stott, Castellanos, Schwarber with Nolan Minaya. Like This ain't that bad of a lineup if you wanted to play half at 24% owned. Like this ain't bad of a lineup. So maybe, like, okay, we're going to play, we're going to play this line. We're going to play, quote unquote. So this is a 5-3 Phillies Cubs. So save that. So if we were building like three lineups, like you'd be down to this, to this level. Okay, so you've got your five-man Philly stack with the three Cubs. What else could we play? The Oakland. Well, Oakland doesn't have a five-man. Is that St. Louis five-man and a Texas five-man? I don't know. Let's take a look at what, what the St. Louis lineup looks like. Cardinals. Right, very low. Yeah, this is a low. That's right. Cardinals, Rangers, Nola Minaya. I'm not sure at this ownership you need to play this in like a smaller field contest, but I mean, I guess you could. What does the Texas five-man look like? Texas Dodgers, Texas Phillies. Nola Minaya, Garver, Duran, Seager, Calhoun, Garcia with Bellinger, Turner, and Freeman. This, this ain't bad either. So you maybe play a five-man Texas and three Dodgers. And then we want to play maybe another, the, the Phillies-Texas combination. We want to play this combination or we want to play a five-man Phillies with Texas? What's the best five-man Phillies with Texas? Semyon, Duran, Garver, Hoskins, Stott, Cassiano, Schwarber, Harper. Oh, we also have the A's. You're right. We also have the A's. With a, yeah, maybe we play the A's. Leverage against Ian Anderson. So maybe you do that. I mean, you have lineups to choose from. You can do whichever way you want. But maybe I maybe I want to look at these Oakland lineups. I've got three Oakland lineups here with the Phillies. Pinder, Andrews, Lowry. I'd rather not play one with three outfielders. So there you go. So I, process of elimination. There you go. You take a look at the three lineups that you made. Right, you have Benaya and Nolan, all three of them. And you, this is what you're doing. This, there you go. You got your three max lineups. You got your, there you go. You're done. I mean, you could just do as simply as that. How long did that take? Now, obviously, I, I could do this quicker without explaining it in about three minutes. But if you're just, if you're just building one to three lineups, I mean, five lineups. I mean, even if you're building 20 lineups, you could do it this way. What lineups have a good balance of projection versus ownership? You compare it to like the, the, you know, obviously this is not correlated, but like what the optimal is. And you go, well, depending on the field size, the size of the contest, how much lower did this do I reasonably have to get? The larger the contest, the lower that it, it's fine. 
but still anything anything within a, a solo home run is just you're 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 good. Right? The optimal is 112.56. You find if you have a lineup that's 98 points, you're fine. Let me take a look at right. Look on these three lineups: 109.84, 106.78, 105.73. Ownership: 150, 119, 111. And there you go. There's your three lineups. Let's say you didn't want to. Let's say you're like I didn't want to play the Phillies. Well, then just X them out and do this without the Phillies and in, in, without any of them. Right? I don't want to play Ian Half. Okay, then you could find lineups and do it without Ian Half. Well, I don't want to play Nola and Minaya together. So make a group that groups them out and find the lineups that don't have them together. Like, these aren't the best lineups. There's probably 17,000 lineups that are close in the EV to these. May not even have either pitcher. May not have any of these players. But the key, the key concept is what? The balance of projection and ownership. Why are we playing lineups? If we built, let, let's build 20 again. I'm not sure if 20 is going to do, but like we saw lineups when we were going through and eliminating lineups that were like eight points lower projected than the lineup that we had up top and were like twice as owned. 157% ownership. And well, like, why are you playing those lineups when you can play lineups that are projected five points higher and are, loan, are, are owned lower? Assuming that the ownership projections are right. So that's more important to do, especially if you're only playing a couple of lineups. You're playing 100 lineups. You can get away with some errors. You get away with some. Ah, These may not be the, you may have 20 lineups that aren't the best. They're fine, but they aren't the best. Maybe you have another 20 that are pretty good, but not the best. But it's kind of the attrition of building 100 lineups, 150 lineups. Playing three lineups. Make sure you got three good lineups. Make sure you're playing lineups where, like, where even in this build, with that 120 gap, right? We went down pretty quick 150, 142, 120. Like this lineup right here, like, look how much you dropped 22 percentage points in ownership, but barely 0.4 in, in projection. So it's like, these are the types of line. Like, okay, I want to play this type of line. said i mean i don't mind this lineup either other than you know you yes you're using three outfielders from the same team i don't mind that but given the choice between similar lineups i probably don't don't do that as much if you wonder if you a if you wanted more diversification it's like well i only want to play a five-man philly stack in one of my three lineups and that's then just do that do this for 300 lineups and get Run different combinations because remember we're using like three unique players, so you could run three hundred twice and still get different lineups between the both sets of three hundred. So now you have six hundred lineups to choose from. You could use tools like Lineup HQ to to build one to three lineups just as much as you can to build one hundred and fifty lineups. So many people do not do this. Because the first thing I do when people show me their lineups is I just take a look at what their total ownership is and what their projection is. And I look and I go, okay, I don't know what, there were many better lineups than that. Why did you play that? I said, well, I wanted to play this and this and this. It's like, well, you, you could have played this as a one-off and that like that. And 
this lineup would have been so much better. It's like, oh, how did you know that? Because like, I just ran it in lineup HQ. It's not that complicated. Doing something like this. I'm showing you the 5-3 constructions just that the easiest to show on this type of show. Once we get down to choosing between one-offs, you can make, I mean, that next thing you know, we, we're going to we're gonna have 5,000 lineups in, in front of us. And how do you choose three of them? Just randomly choose at that point. At least with 5-3, there's only so many combinations. Or you don't have to worry about, you know, playing Otani as a one-off. I don't even know if he's on the slate. Or Ian Happ is a one-off outside of a Cub stack if he's going to be popular for whatever reason. And uh, in the YouTube chat, we, we get one of my favorite things. Swolf Dab, can you demonstrate a single entry strategy for today's main slate? What did I literally do for the past 20 minutes? I don't understand how this happens more and more times than I can remember. It doesn't happen that often. But I always find it hilarious that I will explain something for at minimum of five minutes, at minimum, sometimes 10, sometimes 20. And then I see a question of like the literal thing that I just explained for 20 minutes. Like everything I did is based on, yeah, you could build one, find one to three lineups to build. There you go. Isn't that what single entry is? Well, that's why you show up on time, Swolf Dab. And that's why, like, and if you have any questions, I've answered all of them. Literally all of them. There's literally no question I've not answered. So here, here comes my here comes my my normal rant of your your uh, you're competing against people with PhDs in advanced mathematics. This is a zero-sum game of DFS that involves money, right? So people are going to be as greedy as possible, and they're going to out. They're going to come up. They're going to spend eighty hours a week to beat you. That's who. That's who you're playing against. Okay, just understand that you're playing primarily the people that are making money and taking the money out of DraftKings and FanDuel and all that. Primarily are people that do this as a job and they have advanced educations or at least experience doing, doing this, okay? So what will it take for you to equal that? Said, okay, so here, here's a choice. Okay, you could go, go to college, right? Let's say you already went to college, but you already have, you have an English degree. Well, go back to college. You probably have to get into a pretty good college because a lot, a lot of the best DFS players actually went to really good colleges. You're gonna have to. You'll spend about four years there because you're gonna two probably two years because you're gonna have to take all the math classes. Now you're gonna say you're not very good at math, right? You're not very good at math, so you probably have to take remedial classes just to get up there, and you probably have to study a ton. You probably have to spend 16 hours a day just to get the base knowledge, just to even get to that point. Now you now you did that for two years, okay? Now you have to relate all of that to DFS. That that's probably another two years. You're gonna have to learn a lot of computer programming. You have to learn like. You understand what I'm saying, okay? Do you do you want to do that, and be? Do you want to do not have to do four years, of training, of of top class education? 
in order to be competitive with those types of people. Oh, you can't. We have tons of content on Roto Grinders that allow you to do that and tools and projections and numbers and everything. You click on that link in the description, you get $10 off your first month. We have tons of content. We have tons of free content. This show is free. I, I specifically answer DFS strategy questions. I specifically talk about how you can use all those tools and all the numbers. We do 95% of the work for you. So now you don't have to go through a four-year college program in order to get, to get all of this information and everything. But now it's a matter of how do you use it? Well, understanding the concepts, the fundamental concepts of playing a game of daily fantasy sports. And in order to do that, you, I mean, you have this show, you have all of our shows. So what would be, what would be the most prudent thing to do? Probably watch the shows. And being that I said that I've answered every question known to man, maybe you watch all the shows that I've done. Right? You don't show up half an hour into a show and just ask a question that's been asked 7,400 times. You go, well, why don't I just watch all the other shows? Right? Everyone's heard this rant before. How did I get good at DFS? Because I watched everything. Right? I watched everything. And when and, and people, people have said to me, said, you obviously didn't watch everything. I go, no, I watched everything. What do, you, what do you mean by everything? It's like, no, I watched. In my first year of DFS, I've probably watched or listened to 800 to 1,200 hours of content and probably read the equivalent of about 40 books in my first year of playing DFS. Okay? Just to, just to put things into perspective. I don't say things that I don't do. Okay? When I was playing poker, like in 2002, 2003, I read every poker book and you're going to laugh and you go, Oh yeah, no, you didn't read every book. No, no. I read every poker book. Like if you go on amazon.com in 2002 and there was the word poker in it and it was a, it wasn't like dogs playing poker frame. I read every one of them, every one of them. And I read most of them at least five to 10 times. Some of them weren't worth reading five to 10 times. And I was on the two plus two forums. Oh, yeah. Well, how'd you get help on the two plus two forums? Well, the two plus two forums have been going on for God knows how long. So why don't you read every thread? And you go, ha, 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 that la I'm laughing. You obviously didn't read every thread. And I was like, no, why wouldn't you read every thread? I would down, I download, I scraped two plus two and just download and just did keyword searching. And it's like, just download, get download and create into a text document. Right. I could do that in Perl back then. And give me all the threads that have to do with this, have to do with that. Have to, and then I would have it on my, my computer. And that's what I did during lunch, during work. Just read threads. Did talking about hands or anything, just, just read everything. What did I do on my commute? I read, I read or reread a book, poker book. Listened to audio. Well, back then, not as much, maybe in 2005, 2006. So what would I do to, if I started DFS today, right now, there's so much, like, I don't even know why you're here. Like, there's so much, kind of, you, 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 I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably watch three months worth of content before even risking a penny. That's what I did in the beginning of DFS. 
I say I say this only because as as people hear me say all the time about this show and my course, 99% of people won't do it. And if you just did it, you'd be fine. That's the let. Like, how much are you willing to do? And if the answer isn't 100%, then you are playing recreation. No one wants to tell you that. I tell you that. So if you're new to DFS and you then you don't understand, if you're losing player and you don't understand these concepts well enough, you have hundreds of hours of content that will make you a master, a PhD in this. You will be as good at, you will be, will be, with stars, will be as good as the top players in DFS. You'll be as profitable. You may not be able to scale it like they do, but you'll build just as good lineups. All you have to do is put in the hours to learn. You wouldn't be playing today. You'd be watching YouTube videos. This show has gone on for two and a half years. Start from day one. Watch a show. I have 74 episodes of my podcast. I have a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. It's out there. All you have to do is all you have to do is watch it and listen. It's not complicated. Then you watch you watch and listen to all of it, and then you start playing for very small stakes. You play for a couple of days, and then you re, then you rewatch everything. Yes, and, and, and you think I'm crazy? No, you you rewatch everything. Watch it again. When I got into NBA basketball, when I would, uh, I didn't, I, I haven't watched NBA for since, uh, who knows, early 2000s. But I was switching over, like, okay, I would, I'm doing good in DFS soccer, in MLB. I want to play NBA DFS. But I don't know the nuances. I know the general fundamentals of DFS, but not the nuances. So you know what I did? I watched Roto Grinders videos of NBA DFS slates from a year ago, not that day, from a year ago. There were shows on Roto-Grinders, the game theory-oriented shows, a little, little, little rudimentary for back then, right, for now, back then. But there were shows, and they did, right, this, remember, I was a Roto-Grinder subscriber. There were shows, 2014, with like Jonathan Bales, Chris Raybon, did a lot of NFL stuff. I wasn't playing NFL. But I knew that there were smart people talking about general strategy, not who I think is going to do well on that slate that day. I don't care about that. So I just go back and listen. A lot of times they're talking about a specific slate. It's week seven of 2013 in NFL. And I don't even know any of the players they're even talking about. But I, I'll watch. All, I, I, that's an hour show that I would watch. I would skip forward sometimes. Sometimes, they, oh, it's a segment where it's like, you know, the, here's the people I think are going to hit a you know, home run or a touchdown. I, I would skip over that type of stuff. Grabbing the information, the little strategy stuff. And I knew like Jonathan Bales is good. And and uh, Adam Levitan was back, Rota Grinders back then. I mean, I'm here now doing that type of stuff. Cardi, if you want to listen to a ton of stuff that Cardi's doing. He's good. I mean, we have guys here. All you have to do is listen to them. That's why if you go back, YouTube, 
Like I have a playlist. I purposely, I'll even show you. You can go to my channel, youtube.com slash Jordan Cooper. All of my content that is put publicly. We have, we have premium videos also behind the paywall. But anything that's publicly on, on YouTube that I've done is on my page. Right? So I, I have fundamental videos from three years ago. This was like the, the bare basics of what I put the course the theory of DFS course. I have these tutorials, Roto-Grinders tutorials, like the how I won videos and how to use lineup HQ type of anything that was public. We have a bunch more of these in for premium. I have this like EPL show that I do. And here's all the pregame shows. Here's all the theory of DFS podcasts. There's 75, 78 of them. Obviously you don't have to watch these. You could get good download. You could, uh, you know, listen, like you don't need to watch. There's nothing on the screen other than two heads if you wanted to use it. And so there, and most of these are, the average length is like 90 to a, an hour and a half to two hours. Okay. So there's 78 of those episodes. So we're talking about, that's like a hundred plus hours of content. Then there's the DFS pregame show right here. I'll bring this up. So I add like, here's today's show. See, it says live. Anytime they post the show, I put it in the playlist. Right, so shows in here, look, all the way down, all the way down. 291 videos in this playlist. Okay, all the way down. Where, where was the first one? I keep on going. Here's MLB, 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 NBA. Slightly different thumbnail, right? All the way down. Pre keep on going. So the first one came 122320. And there, there was actually, there was once before that, that, uh, aren't on YouTube anymore. But here, you can go all the way back to December 23rd, 2020. And then the fourth, and, and then here, like it's almost every day, right? I'm here almost every weekday. There you go. You could you could just start the playlist from the bottom. You got 291 videos that are about an hour a piece. So you got 291 hours of content. Okay, 291 plus the the, my podcast, which is another, probably another 110, right? So that's 400 hours of content, right? 400 hours, then go. Start from, start from video one. By the time you get to the, by the time you get to hour 400, I don't know how, I, I can't really answer anything more than that. You should know everything. You should know everything at that point. You're going to hear things repeated 74 times also. So it's not like the type of thing you even have to read. Yeah. Oh, I have to rewatch all the 400 hours of videos. Like, no, you're going to hear this. You're going to hear very similar questions over and over again. And then you're going to get to the point where like, you're going to answer the question. You're going to go, I can't believe someone answered. Ask that again. Now, an easier way to do all of that, easier, I would still suggest doing this. But this, this literally would be my number one suggestion. But I know that one out of 7 million people will actually do that. I've not, I've not yet encountered someone that has actually done that. So I don't know. There may be one out there. There may be. I'm that one, right? If someone told me that, that's exactly what I would do. And you may think I'm crazy for that, but that's how, that's how I work. If I want to get something done, I don't mind spending 7 million hours doing it and spending literally every waking moment on it. But that's my personality, right? I'm probably on the spectrum somewhere. I have no problem spending 16 hours a day on one thing and one thing only 
sleeping for eight hours and then waking up and immediately doing that same thing for 16 hours again and keep on going. And next thing I know, what season is it? I don't know. Like I started in fall. How come it's how how come it's hot now? How many months has it been? I'm that type of person. But if you wanted to have that easier, just get the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's my 15-hour DFS audio master pl- masterclass, theoryofdfs.com. So while if you watch all the videos, it's all in because I'm answering questions from the chat. I'm talking about this thing. It's not structured. You'll hear about a concept here, but then this one over here and that one over there. Eventually, you'll get everything. And you'll get everything probably 50 times over, like I said, because a lot of the stuff is repetitive. But if you want it in a more structured way, well, I, that's why I made this audio class. It's like all of those concepts, the fundamentals, the game theory of DFS for any sport into 15 hours, right? 15 hours sounds like a lot. It really isn't in comparison to 400 hours. So that's what I would suggest first, right? Get this, theory of DFS.com. Watch all the videos. Then once you do that, then you could, then, then you come, then you show up for a show like this and ask for clarification on stuff or, I didn't understand this certain concept and I have no problem. I, I, I'm in our discord, which is a, for premium members, especially in the Blanders game theory channel. And I'm known for, I could spend six hours explaining something to you in, in, in text messages. We do coaching sessions on zoom, right? The last one was what last week. We have one coming up on Sunday about every week, about every one to two weeks. If you're a premium member on Roto-Grinders, which you can click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Like you just show up to one of them and you could ask whatever the hell you want. All right, so once you get all the base, not once you get all the base knowledge, then I'm not, I'm not trying to explain things that are, the content's already out there. And most of the, most of the application stuff I've also shown on this show anyway. But I can understand some people need a little bit more handholding. I get it. But it always annoys me is why the, the speech comes out. When the content is already out there and, and essentially to my, to my, just understand my point of view. I understand, I, and I understand other people's point of view also. I understand it doesn't mean I react well to it. But from my point of view, by asking a question that has already been answered by my content multiple for tens of hours, hundred hours is like saying, yeah, I'm too lazy to actually do that. I just want you to do it. Like, and if you have the attitude of I'm too lazy to, you're, you're not going to win at DFS. So to me, it's like, why am I even bothered? Because if you don't have, if you don't, if you, you don't, if you don't have the ability to like to do a Google search, like, I don't know how the hell you're ever going to win at DFS. But that, that's how it comes off to me. Now to you, it's kind of like, oh, I'm just showing up and like, Hey, hey, dude, I like you. Can you help me out? I get it. But that's why I explained this. Just go and, go and read. Go and watch old videos. And when you say, I watch, hey, I watched this old video from five months ago. You said such and such. And you cut and paste. And it's like, you said, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I saw what you were trying to do, but I don't get this. Can you, can you, can you walk me through it? It's like... I'm the nicest person in the world. That's what I do. That's what I do in Discord. 
I'll repeat and I'll walk people through things a million, a million times for six hours at a time. One time I was up all night just trying to explain expected value to someone. But you have to show that you're willing to do the work because then it feels like I'm not, what am I wasting my time with? There's no magic button in DFS. People think there is. There isn't. People think it's like, oh, how, what settings do I put into your tool to give me the, 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 the jackpot and like it's a slot machine? That doesn't exist. Some people may make it seem like it exists, but it doesn't. And it's not easy. And you can build tons of good lineups and still lose. Day after day after day after day. You're going to lose. Nine, the, be, the, more, the better you're playing as a GPP player, the more you're losing. Right, you're going to lose 90% of the time, 92% of the time. But the 8% of the time that you win, you're going to win a lot more money. But you have to wait. You're playing for like two or three days a year. So a lot of people don't stick with it. And they don't know the difference between the good lineups they play and the bad lineups they play. Because they've been playing for three months and they're like, I've been playing for three months and I've only had three profitable days and they were barely profitable. What am I doing wrong? And I'm like, you, you could be doing absolutely nothing wrong. What you've just described ha happens to me once a year also. But it feels like I've gone three months without, without winning a slate or anything of consequence. Like that's normal. But you have to judge whether or not it's, it's you or just variance. And that's, pre and that's pretty hard to do. But once you, I mean, I've been playing for almost seven years. So like it's easier for me to see that difference. And there are slates that I play that I look and I go, yeah, I screwed this one up. I miscalculated this thing. I, I thought this team was going to be this owned and it's, and they're not. And that completely threw away everything that I was doing. Make mistakes all the time. MMA, I go, okay, I'm aiming for this. And I end up with like five or six lineups that are duped 27 times. And I go, oh, well. I mean, yeah, I'm playing 150 lineups. I got to guess six lineups I'm going to throw out. But I could do better than that. So I try to do better than that. Swolf Dab says, can you show us how to make bad lineups? <laughs> bad lineups for GPPs would be lineups that are either way too high owned or way too low projected. That's the sim simply put. That's a bad lineup. If you're playing a top-heavy payout structure, large field GPP, 50,000 entries in it. You're probably not going here and playing the optimal line. You're probably not clicking the, clicking the optimize button, right? And playing a fairly uncorrelated, high projected, high owned lineup. Like this, the, the win equity of this lineup is going to be very low. The min cash equity of this lineup is going to be very high. So this would be a bad lineup for a, G, for a large field GPP. You're playing double ups. This may be the exact double up lineup that you're going to play. Bad lineups. Understand the concept, Swolf Dab. Bad lineups are lineups that are too high owned for the contest that the lineup is in or too low projected for the contest that the lineup is in. That would be a bad lineup. A good lineup would be a lineup that is as low-owned as possible, as high-projected as possible. So if you, could find, if you could find a lineup that is 1% owned that projects for 7 trillion points, you win. 
Now, obviously, that's an exaggeration. That's your goal. Can I find a lineup that is low projected, is low owned and high projected? Now, that's what, what 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 we did earlier today, trying to like where are the bands, where if, if a lineup is 109 projection, what ownership should they be? As a baseline, as a blunt type of baseline. So that's what you'd be doing. So you look at you look at player projections, ownership. What's what's that blend? What's the, what's the right blend that wakes you up in the morning? It's like a coffee blend. All that information, all, all the concepts like this, you could find in the theory of daily fantasy sports. Fifteen hour audio DFS masterclass. Theory of DFS.com, how to think like a professional DFS player. Right, it has all the, look, it has all the tables, the table of contents, chapters, game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploits, psychology. Right, you could see. Looks like a math course, but I mean, it, this, is, this is all math oriented. But there won't be any fancy formulas. You don't have to, you don't have to be a math genius to play DFS well. You have to think mathematically, think probabilistically. But you know, it's not like, oh, here's a formula. Do the function of X and N minus one over what you're not gonna have to do that. There's none of that in here. So give me that thumbs up button as I scold a couple of people in the in the chat. Thumbs up button. Go back, go back to the previous episodes. Like. Dude, I, I was doing stuff yesterday that you could learn from, right? We would we were making lineups yesterday. And then Mondays, I always have conversations with James for cool. Sometimes they get a little off the rails. Fridays, I do MMA, right, on this show. But in the past, I mean, MLB season, just go through all the MLB shows. I mean, most of the time, we it, it's too early to make lineups anyway, and especially in NBA. You want to go to, you want to learn how to play NBA, watch the NBA pregame shows because there's no point in building lineups that early. Because 17 people are going to be injured. And the, the injury report uh, has 94 people on it already. So there's no point in doing anything like that. So we go over the concepts. We go over processes. So that's what I would suggest. I'm not saying that to like, oh, well, I'm selling this course. Well, you, you don't have to. I'm Truthfully, if it was me, I'd buy this course. But I'd also watch 400 hours of content also. But I just it's a sales pitch. That's exactly what I'm doing. I said, do you want to go through 400 hours of content? No, here's 15 hours. That's better, right? I'd still go over the 400, but listen, it's all condensed in one place. So click that thumbs up button. Click the subscribe button if you're new. Click the notification bell to know when we go live. We've got Grinders live later today. Let's see how many games are on tonight's slate. Uh, I may not, not end up playing tonight. Remember, Wednesdays are my wrestling nights. And I don't want to have to deal with the weather reports. Like, what times are these games? Let's let's take a look. What times are these games? Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland, Atlanta. If they're before eight. Baltimore, Cleveland, Atlanta, or Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati is not even on the slate, so I don't have to worry about that. Okay, they're early, so maybe because either either they get postponed and I get screwed because they're locked anyway. Okay, so maybe I can play. So Cleveland 740, was that 710? 710. Maybe I can't because I just don't like dealing with, you know, it's 830 postponements, whatever, and I'm probably be watching TV from 8 to 10. 
Okay, so they'll take care of you later today, right? Five o'clock, Grinders Live on this channel. Click that notification bell. And then Crunch Time. Kevin Roth will be on Crunch Time doing all the weather stuff. So there's, there's going to be three or four games that you're going to have to watch the radar. He's going to give you all that information. That's at 620. And it's on this channel. This uh, Crunch Time is free. All season presented by FanDuel. So tune in for that. Scores and odds channel. Grant's on there at 2 o'clock. I think 2 o'clock. Sometimes he's on before this. Sometimes he's on 10 in the morning. I don't know which days those are. I might, I might as well look that up. But you go subscribe to the Scores and Odds channel. And that's our sister site for uh, for all your, your sports betting needs. And uh, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll, see you, I'll see you tomorrow. Let's see what happens. Let's see how many games are going to be on this slate tonight. And uh, let's see if we're... Let's see, at the final final moment, is results DB updated for yesterday? No, nope, still not yet. So we may, may not be able to go over today's slate tomorrow if results DB isn't updated, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what that will play it by ear, as they say, as I uh, answer your DFS strategy questions, as I always do. I try to, at least, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. Thank <laughs> you.